I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Our guest on today's episode is Dr. Bill Cassidy, the senior United States Senator from Louisiana. Cassidy was one of the five lead Republican negotiators and a member of the bipartisan group of 22 senators that drafted the recently passed Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which just may lead to the largest investment in infrastructure and coastal resiliency in the history of Louisiana. Senator Cassidy, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on the passage of the bill. Thank you, Rich. I am, as you might guess, thrilled for my state, thrilled for my country. Well, great. Uh, We're excited, too. We only have a few minutes, so I'd like to skip past how the bill came to be and ask you really about what's next. So specifically, can you talk about what the infrastructure bill means for Louisiana in general and the greater New Orleans area specifically? Yeah, so first let me give you um, almost a meta view. The meta view is that many feel in our state that we've been slipping behind the states with which we compete. And in a variety of ways, there's a little bit of a fear that we're losing uh, the traction that we need in order to keep our young people here, to attract businesses, to continue to grow or to grow more vigorously. So fundamentally, this bill advances us in the near, intermediate, and long term Uh, so that we are step-by-step with the future of where our country is going, where the world economy is going. It helps address the weaknesses, the needs we have now, but it builds upon our strengths to position us for the future. A lot of abstract comments there, but I can give some particulars. One example, um, We live in a wonderful state, blessed by geology and geography, but if you will, that also serves to be our weakness. We tend to have more hurricanes, we're having problems with flooding, and with coastal loss. This bill invests billions in coastal restoration, in ecosystem restoration specifically in the Gulf of Mexico, and even more specifically in the, the Lake Pontchartrain area. Uh, It also has billions for flood mitigation. It has uh, billions to reduce sewer and water systems and storm drainage systems. Everything I've listed, we all know, are important to address needs our state currently has. It builds for the future, making significant investment in ports, in waterways, in roads and bridges, in providing universal access to high-speed internet. And even more into the future, long-term, we know that worldwide, there is a megatrend towards a lower carbon intensity future. Now, we produce a lot of oil and gas. Where does that leave us? This bill invests in those sorts of carbon mitigation strategies so that a state which uses a lot of natural gas, such as do we, is going to be able to sequester that carbon or use it in other means for other industrial purposes so that although we produce carbon intensive products, the end result will be a lower carbon intensity future. 
allowing us to continue to compete in markets like the European Union. So once more, this addresses our past needs, our current needs, builds upon our strengths for the short, intermediate, long-term future. I see this as a potential inflection point upwards for where our state goes. Well, great. So you mentioned a, a lot of the necessary work that has to happen to preserve the coast and protect the cities. You talked about carbon capture in the energy industry, keeping the industry strong while employing new technology. In the bill itself, there's, it looks like several broad categories of infrastructure. Can we take it category by category, maybe mention a project or two that we might see coming up that's like a visible thing for, for people living in, say, the 10 Parish area down here? So in that first category, it's highways, bridges, broadband, airports. How is that going to impact things? I know we're not going to have silky smooth roads in the next five years, but, but how, you know, in New Orleans, that is. But, but how, how will some of that investment be visible here to people in this you know, area? Yeah, great question. So the state's getting $5.9 billion for roads and bridges to begin with. And they can compete for even more pro uh, projects that I think we would compete very well for. The state has already announced what they would do with that money. And that's about, by the way, about 1.2 billion more than we would have received under ordinarily fun, uh, ordinary funding. So one of the projects, I think I remember this correctly, is to build another flyway from the new airport to go to I-10, in this case, going north towards Baton Rouge. Ah, okay. the, the second is the six lane, the finished six lading, the I-12, all the way through the Florida parishes from the Amy to the Pearl. Uh, now there's some other smaller projects but those are going to be the two marquee, if you will. Um, one thing that's near and dear to our heart, the state's going to receive $380 million this coming year in a revolving fund so that local localities can redo their sewer and water system. And I, I, somehow I have a sense that people in Southeast Louisiana will be interested in that. Right. I mean, if you think in New Orleans, the major, the major worries are the, are the roads, the aging sewer system, the aging water delivery system, and then, of course, the, the, the power, the fr fragile power supply. So, I mean, is, is this, does this bill address some of that stuff, or does that have to come through other means? No, it does address that, but let me mention one thing as well. This doesn't happen correctly unless there's state and local and citizen leadership. Right. So, the degree that all three levels are either implementing well or demanding change, is the degree to which this works well. Now, now I say that because there's also $100 million in there to provide technical assistance if a state or locality wishes to privatize the management of a public asset. Um, now, a lot of communities have done that. They will privatize the asset, take the proceeds and invest it in additional infrastructure, but have a sort of contract that means that you don't price gouge, that there's accountability in terms of maintenance and operation. And it really has worked well for a lot of cities. You just, just have made, frankly, additional investments in infrastructure. I use the example, when you take I-95 into Washington, D.C., over those very nice, actually smooth, interstate highways going from Virginia into D.C., those interstate highways are operated and maintained by an Australian pension fund. And, and so the state of Virginia is able to take the money from the lease and invest it in additional infrastructure. So if, if New Orleans wished to uh, privatize the sewer and water board, there would be money for technical assistance in which to do that. Not advocating, 
I'm just pointing that out. Right. So you mentioned, so we have that highways, bridges, broadband airports category of infrastructure. Then there was energy. You talked a little bit about that and the carbon capture possibilities. There's two categories that, that sound almost like they overlap. One is weather resiliency and the other is coastal protection and restoration. Can you talk about the distinction between those two categories in the bill and, um, and how they, of course, they apply here in Louisiana where we're so vulnerable? Yeah, they do overlap and nobody knows that better than we in Louisiana but they will be administered typically by different agencies. So Army Corps of Engineers will be more involved with the coastal resiliency, the levees, the, the, the restoration programs, et cetera. And the National Flood Insurance Program and FEMA slash FEMA would be more for the flood mitigation. And, and the storm drainage, I don't know what department that's gonna be put through yet. I just don't know that. Uh, but that will be another program, which could be either a national flood insurance program or it could be through uh, CORE. Uh, so we'll see. But there's several pockets of money that will go to these issues. Um, and ideally, they integrate. When I looked through all the one-pagers, I saw what you mentioned, pockets of money for different agencies, things like that. It was harder for me to see a project or uh, this specific goal that needs to get uh, this this thing that needs to get built that will make you know the South Louisiana more safe. How is that money going to get spent to improve our uh, weather resiliency? Let's say. Yeah. So so first, earmarks were not really a hallmark of this bill, and, and that's just been the trend in Congress. Although it may be reversing now, you don't specifically name. Gotcha. On the other hand, there are some things that specifically names. There's $50 million over five years going to the Lake Pontchartrain preservation effort. They normally get about a million federal dollars a year. So over five, five, five million, five, five to six million. So this increases 10 times that which is going for the Lake Pontchartrain restoration program. And that benefits the six parishes and a little bit more that all border Lake Pontchartrain. I'll give you an example of that. If you go out to JP, and there's a little bit sure there. You may have seen uh, um, news during the storm, Ida, where there would be a wave hitting the Bature, and maybe a few drops of water would go over the flood wall, but there was no flooding. That Bature that broke the strength of the wave was constructed by the Lake Pontchartrain Restoration Program. Uh, and, and they're trying to mimic how the lake originally was a place for migratory birds, waterfowl in general, et cetera. So that's their good work. They're going to get 10 times the funding they ordinarily would. There's also money specifically for Gulf of Mexico ecosystem restoration, which obviously is spread among the Gulf states, but obviously benefits Louisiana. Now, some of the language doesn't specifically mention locality, um, but, you know, when you're in the room, you can draft stuff that kind of sounds like your place. For example, the coastal restoration money is going prioritizing um, states that have been hit by natural disasters in the last six years. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, we should have made it six months, but we made it six years. Right. And, and that's Louisiana by, other, by, by another name. Um, and, and similarly for flooding, um, the, the, the National Flood Insurance Program, FEMA, are to prioritize communities that have flooded in the last 10 years since Louisiana has submitted about one-third of the claims to the National Flood Insurance Program of late, we feel like we'll do pretty well in that. And, and there's another thing I'll mention. If $800 million is going to the Mississippi River and tributary system, it doesn't say Louisiana, but you have a sense that Louisiana is going to get some of that money. 
Right. Okay. So what are the first projects that we might see begin to happen as a result of this bill here where we are? So there's going to be, um, it, I'm going to break it down in two big categories. If it is a category in which the federal government already has a means to distribute dollars, those dollars will go out pretty quickly. Uh, so the Army Corps of Engineers has to announce a work plan within 90 days of the bill being signed into law. So roughly around February the 15th, they will announce their work plan. We think that projects in Louisiana will compete well. Many of them have already begun construction with local and state matching dollars. Think Morganza to the Gulf down in the Bayou region to protect that area. So again, no guarantees, but if you've got to announce a work plan within 90 days, and here's people who've already done the engineering, the environmental review, have state and local match um, uh, aligned, and have actually begun construction, just waiting federal dollars, we think they will do okay. Um, now, if it is a brand new program, and, now, and then the money for sewer and water is going through a revolving fund that is already existent in each state, Louisiana has one, that fund will receive $380 million or thereabouts this year. Uh, the, um, um, uh, the money for Department of Transportation uh, for roads and bridges, that is an established distribution mechanism through the states. And so depending upon if right away has been purchased and plans have been done and environmentals have been done, you may start seeing the, the, the completion of the sixth laning of the I-12 um, pretty quickly. Uh, now, as regards to things that have not yet been created, there's $500 million in low interest loans to help expand storm drainage systems. That program has to be created. That will take longer to be implemented. I was just speaking to someone today, there's $6 billion for electric vehicle charging stations. Um, the Department of Transportation has not yet begun their listening sessions from stakeholders. I want Louisiana companies to compete for that money. Whatever I think about the program, if we're gonna have EV charging stations on uh, I-90 between New Orleans and Homa, uh, which um, then I want a Louisiana company to be in the prime, if you will. So we're, we're monitoring that, but, but that's probably gonna be something which kicks off later because they, they, it's a new program and they've not yet set up their rules. You led me into this next question, which is what are the business opportunities uh, that, are, that are presenting themselves for, for this region? You know, what kind of contractors will be in demand? Where will these new jobs be? Oh my gosh. You know, we always were doing this with, a, with a, just a, a clear line of vision as to how we were going to preserve and build upon jobs and businesses we have in Louisiana. So there is uh, $17 billion, I think I have that right, uh, for ports and waterways. Well, that will build upon our core strength as we have all these ports in South Louisiana that are so big and employ so many people. There is also money, though, for example, remember I told you one of our strengths is, is fossil fuel, petrochemical, but we've got to make sure in a lower carbon future that we're not left behind. This, this gives a lot of money to, uh, I think it's $5.1 billion in low interest loans and grants to help build carbon dioxide pipelines that will go to geologic formations to sequester the carbon that is emitted from industrial processes. Well, first, it mitigates, it mitigates the carbon intensity of our goods, preserving access to regions like the European Union, so those jobs are preserved. 
there'll be a lot of, of pipe fitter jobs created, building these pipelines, going to these geologic formations. There's also money for so-called hydrogen hubs, in which in the hub you would take natural gas and you would make hydrogen from the hydrogen within natural gas, either sequestering the carbon or using it in another product line, but then using that hydrogen for transportation fuel or for other purposes. Now, the implications of this, there has been uh, just an Ascension Parish, I believe it is, an announcement last week or the week before, a $4.5 billion project to make a blue hydrogen, it's called, a hydrogen from natural gas sequestering the carbon, a $4.5 billion project by Air Products, they're breaking ground. After that, I spoke to a fellow who's very interested in this. He said that there could be 30,000 of such projects around the world. There could be 100 in Louisiana because of our access to natural gas, access to waterways, our pipeline system, and uh, our waterway system to ship that hydrogen worldwide. So, so I'm just listing some of the possibilities. But think of the jobs associated with coastal restoration, ecosystem restoration, the internet building, and then the tech industry, which follows the build out of the internet. There's going to be, oh, conservatively, I think a million jobs, maybe more created by all of this. Not in Louisiana, all, all but, but just, world, just nationwide. As the region recovers from the two damaging storm seasons and then the effects of the pandemic, what makes you worried about the GNO economy and what makes you optimistic? We've got to have resiliency. We've got to have resiliency so that a business which locates in our region knows that their electricity will not be going out for a couple weeks every so often, ever so many years. You have to have certainty that you can move your goods and that you can keep your people in place, employed, producing whatever product you produce. So, and we know from building levees that we can build a resiliency. Now we need that same resiliency when it comes to electricity, sewer, water, drainage, et cetera. This bill creates that opportunity. Um, and the thing that I find most remarkable, wherever you go in the world, New Orleans has cachet. It is just one of the most famous cities there is. Our culture is, in effect, an ambassador. I'm watching a movie about Eastern Germany communism, and at one of the cocktail parties they're playing, they're playing in, the, in the movie, of course, they're, they're, they're playing New Orleans jazz. There is just, a, and I just spoke to someone from Georgia today. She's originally from Columbia. They've lived around the world, and they were eating fried alligator, and they're eating <laughs> some crawfish dish, and they were just loving it. And they'd come in part to see our university. They're thinking of going to LSU, but they're looking at our cuisine. And although in Baton Rouge, that cuisine is most strongly identified worldwide with New Orleans. So I do think we have the ability to build upon that cachet, to attract the kind of creative class we need that makes New Orleans not just a magnet for them, but a subsequent magnet for others. And one more time, I think that the bipartisan infrastructure bill will be the inflection point that we will look back upon and say, this is when the potential began to be fully realized. Well, it sounds great. Uh, Senator Bill Cassidy, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks, Rich. I enjoyed it, man.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.